What is that scratching sound? Sorry, because just to say, I muted myself on my my headset. Like, oh, you did? That's yeah, weird. It was still coming through. So sorry. <laughs> What's scratching? You have rats in the walls or something. Where's your microphone on your computer? It's your beard. Your beard is. Oh, how weird! <laughs> is that what it is? That's what that is. <laughs> oh man! All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do a, a hold the mic out for oh, my that's beard. Oh, so weird. Well, I, I might have it. to keep. I might have to use that as like a blooper at the beginning or something. I know. What's that scratching sound. Yeah. So yeah. So coming back into the recording, uh, pro tip: mm -hmm. uh, if you're wearing a headset. Don't let your scraggly beard scratch against the microphone or it causes recording issues, all right? Yeah. Oh, 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 Welcome to the Geomologist Presents. I have some cool people on tonight, uh, kind of a part of my ongoing series of interviewing uh, creatives, especially creatives that for me are local. And today I have uh, Joshua Harper and Chris Koger of Spooky Bell Games. So how are you guys doing today? Doing great, Carl. Appreciate you having us on. Yeah, doing doing fantastic. Thank you for putting all this together. Yeah, and, and you know, we're this is like a zine quest month. And I, they con these guys contacted me, which is great. Uh, I love always having guests on, especially, you know, people who are in the biz, as it as it's called. Is it called that? I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll allow it. We'll allow it. I know. Well, it's kind of like showbiz. Maybe it's showbiz. But anyway, uh, the cool thing is, uh, like I said, these guys are local. Uh, they live in San Antonio. Uh, we have regular meetings. Uh, here in San Antonio, of all the creatives, uh, well, the tabletop role-playing game uh, creatives, and uh, I think it's a pretty cool vibes that we got going in a little, a cool little community. So it's great to have you guys on, and you're pro you're here for you contacted me because you guys have a Zine Quest offering coming out. Yeah, absolutely. You know this uh, Zine Quest 2023 coming in hot since uh zine quest 2022 was in the fall this last time so but uh yeah i appreciate you having us on we've been on before uh each of us doing separate projects in the past you know but no, yeah we have a yeah exactly but yeah we have a cyborg uh zine coming out uh as part of zine quest on kickstarter uh starting february 21st and running through march 13th uh i'm super stoked about it it's pretty pretty neat zine quest uh, so far. Uh, I know several friends of mine have, have started or put something on the zine quest, and I've I've backed it, and uh, I really am gonna I think enjoy the offerings that we're seeing out of out of zine quest. So, so I'm glad you guys are on board with it. Um, I'm looking forward to your stuff. Oh, I guess uh, I guess both you and Joshua then are collaborating on this project. Yeah, yeah, we're collaborating together on this. Uh, like Chris said. Uh, we both kind of started doing stuff together in the, in the San Antonio scene um, 
sometime in the fall last year, just kind of started talking about working on some smaller projects, some zines, things like that. And uh, it's just been, a, you know, a blast writing stuff together, just kicking ideas off of each other. And, you know, so just yeah, collaborating and putting together a zine with my uh, my friend Chris here. Yeah, awesome. So so tell me about, well, I guess Cyborg is like a new iteration of the Merkborg, uh, I guess, engine. Um, so maybe mm -hmm. you guys want to tell me a little bit about that for people who might not know about it. And then tell me a little bit about the project. Yeah, so as a as a game, uh, it's sorry, I'll take this, Chris. <laughs> Do it. Morkborg, it's a it's a fun little right game where you have like it's it's low to the ground. You know, you got four stats. Cyborg is a hack of that. It's a little bit expanded. You have five stats now, so you have you know, they have this little knowledge stat in, so you can kind of it's like a like a placeholder for magic, kind of I guess is a, a really easy way of phrasing it. Um, but it, it's a new stat. Um, you use it for like technology that you interact with in the cyberpunk universe. It's a grim, dark world. Um, you know, nothing is really happy. Instead of having miseries, you have headlines. It's like the news. Uh, it, but it's a cool cyberpunk world. I think it's very punk and uh, very much carries that same Morkborg aesthetic over. Nice. Yeah, it's it is nice because like much like Morkborg, Cyborg is pretty lean rules wise. Like there's enough to dig in and have a good time with, but uh, it really gives you a lot of freedom to kind of play around in that world. Um, and it does carry over, like Josh said, you know, kind of a little bit of the like weird, bizarre grossness of, of Morkborg, you know, mixed in with the cyberpunk aspects of it. Uh, but, you know, very anti-corporate, anti-establishment kind of vibes, you know, with kind of the world falling apart and uh, you finding your way in that uh, kind of apocalypse. Yeah, is there is there an apocalypse clock like there is in Merk, in Merkborg? Uh, yeah, like Josh mentioned, like, so uh, there's uh, the miseries in Merkborg. Uh, you have like kind of what they call headlines in Cyborg. Uh, so you're kind of getting the news as, you know, things kind of fall apart basically, uh, you know, in the in the world around you, so. Okay, so there is like a there is a chance at some point that the world ends. So yeah, I there is a misery you get to in 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 Morkborg where you know the world ends. So is there something like that? Like the world blows up, it's nuked or something? And yeah, it's like uh, you know what happens is uh, I I don't know exactly the phrasing of it, but basically the simulation resets kind of. Uh, oh. So it's like you're you realize you're in a simulation and that starts to break down and, and then it resets itself. So it's like a big AI game, I guess. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Which is fun because or like talking the about... kind of like the Matrix, I guess, right? Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Matrix vibe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're talking about a AI, because uh, that's kind of one of the ideas behind the zine that we're doing. Mm -hmm. jo Josh and I kind of both like older kind of acid horror and psychedelic horror stuff and cyberpunk. Um, so we're kind of mashing those ideas together a little bit um, mm. where the adventure revolves around either stealing or liberating or destroying this AI uh, that's kind of buried at the bottom of the hard life uh, dynamics building. Mm -hmm. um, but due to the experiments, uh, these perfect fractals and hard light and all the stuff that they're messing with, um, you're getting kind of like distortions in reality 
um, you know, kind of what you call like screen tears where you kind of things don't match up the way they're supposed to and kind of, you know, knock back together. So uh, the further down into, you know, the research facility, the closer to this AI that you get, the, the more the world kind of, you know, melts around you and you can become detached, you know, from uh, or detached from uh, reality. Cool. So Josh, you also work, you guys are both collaborating on this. So you said adventure, so it's adventure, part adventure, part setting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's a ton of fun. Like Chris said, it's cyberpunky, it's psychedelic horror, uh, you know, both genres I really like. Uh, and I think that there's like a ton of cool stuff that people are going to have access to in this that really plays into those themes. It wasn't exactly easy to write the psychedelic horror stuff, but I think that there's a lot of cool stuff we have going on here that gives players a lot of fun, you know, events, moments that they can uh, have these encounters and really, you know, play with the world. I think that's like the, the fun part about it. The world's very much alive in it. Uh, oh, I think that good. was an important part of, you know, capturing that feeling of the psychedelic horror. Mm -hmm. So how, uh, I guess the zines are generally pretty short. So any idea how, how big this is going to be or what, what's the page count or that you can estimate or you've already, and I guess a progress, how far along is it? Um, It's like, I would say it's mostly written. We, <laughs> I laughed because we, we did a, a big rewrite um, just cause I was, I was like, ah, you know, I'm feeling some some stuff and, and want to get in this direction. So we did a big rewrite. So we had it pretty much mostly done. And then we we did a bunch of rewrites and then it's back to mostly almost finished now um, as far as writing goes. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's about, I think, 28 pages right now. And mm -hmm. I think we hard we, we put a hard limit in just to stop ourselves from writing too much. We said, what, 35 pages, I think? Yeah, 30, 32 is the limit. I'm going to make josh start cutting things out and throwing them away if he yeah. writes any more than that so yeah yeah so it's like a part adventure part expansion i guess into the psychedelic horror aspect of cyborg so you, you think it's like uh, how many if it's an adventure is the adventure going to be like is it kind of more of a convention style or do you think like several sessions or like a mini campaign like what do you what do you envision for i this? would say it's good for an adventure you know, you could you could sit down in four to six hours, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and and run through everything. So you you always want to give people like kind of a toolbox to use, but then mm -hmm. also give them a path to follow if they want to be able to just run through the story, you know. Right. Uh, so there's a couple of new classes. There's new items. There's encounter tables and and stuff like that to use to kind of randomize and mix it up. Um, mm -hmm. but if you want, you can drop into the top floor and literally just head floor by floor down through the rooms, you know, uh, and kind of get the whole story and just and feel of the game. Uh, yeah. and then if someone wanted to, you know, milk it for other stuff, they've got all those tools to be able to do that. Yeah. So you could start it like in media's res while you're dropping onto the top of the encounter area, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. As a DM, you know, it's funny when you run games and you write games, you know, right? But when I run games, that's kind of like my favorite thing to do is like drop you in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so like, it's always fun. So for me, like looking at, I'm going to be playtesting it again. We give you adventure hooks as to why you're there and what's going on and what was your means of entry. Mm -hmm. um, but I will probably just stick people in that first, you know, floor 
uh, in the middle of it and ask them a few questions about how they got there and what went right and what went wrong and put them right in the middle of the action and get yeah. moving. Yeah, that's probably, that's, that's a really, I think it's a really good way to open an adventure, you know, just thinking even, so like you kind of start in media's rest and then you, you have to like flashback a little bit to, to why are the player characters there, whatever, you know, genre or game system you're using, you know, you, you come out of, let's say in a, in a science fiction game, you come out of hyperspace and you're here, here's the situation, what are you going to do? And then, you know, you get some, hopefully the players will ask questions and figure out what the hell's going on and, and go from there but that seems very similar you like you said you could drop on the top floor and get going which i think is a, a cool way to go especially i think for say for example i were to run this at a convention yeah absolutely yeah. i was gonna say uh, this is definitely something that i would run at conventions i love okay. i love games that you can run at conventions like that's my bread and butter i grew up playing like when i would play games it'd be one shots generally speaking I, i've played in only a few campaigns so i played mostly one shots so uh, I think I'm better at writing that. And then I also just think that that's like, you know, like a lot of people are, you know, going to cons and playing these or, you know, trying to get their friends involved in playing these. And I think having like a an enclosed experience that you can run through multiple times and get different outcomes, like the events, oh, that's neat. Yeah. The, the encounters, right? There's like these, you know, these kind of more unique encounters we put in there and you can only encounter three of them, I think. But uh, actually there's six of them that total that you could encounter. So you could, you know, go through and have, a totally unique experience the second time you play it so, so there's I, good it, reusability mm -hmm, i would say so oh, that's good that's a plus i would say you know as opposed to just a one and done uh, you can run it multiple times and even as a gm running it it'll be a different experience for you yeah exactly you don't know what your players are going to go through and the items are cool like everyone loves new items you yeah know, new new classes those are all fun and you have like a cool setting that's designed around you know the theme of them so that's that's all fun but again i think like the the events the replayability um you know it just all fits together into a nice little four-hour package oh nice so can you spoil any of the new classes or new items we probably don't want to spoil the adventure but maybe <laughs> some of the new classes and new items can you talk about those uh, yeah, so uh, we each wrote a class. Uh, I thought that would be a fun thing if we both wrote a class. We we both had an idea for a class from the very beginning, so that was a, a nice thing as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I wrote the hard light engineer. So in this in the game world of, that we've created, they have like a lot of hard light elements. So for those unfamiliar, right, like it's light that has some sort of physical element to it where you can interact with it. So mm -hmm. I thought it'd be cool if you had this guy who was kind of like the Green Lantern. Uh, you know, he's got like a, a shield that he can generate maybe of hard light or maybe he makes these weapons. But, you know, in, unlike Green Lantern, right, they're indistinguishable from reality. You know, they're actually these tools that this person's able to create, you know, using hard light. And I thought that would be a cool thing to build a class around that. Yeah. So it's hard light something that's in, in Cyborg? Uh, it's like a sci-fi thing. I mean, a good example of it in recent media would be Miss Marvel, the TV show. Okay. She uses like, yeah, yeah. her powers are, are, are kind of like that. I wouldn't say what we're doing is exactly like that, but that's like a good uh, mm -hmm. recent kind of addition to that whole sci-fi topic, I think. Okay. And Chris? Yeah. The, one, of, one of the things, it's funny, after we wrote that, uh, is I hadn't listened to The Adventure Zone in a little while. And then I, I listened to a couple episodes since they're doing Blades in the Dark. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the guys was talking about hard light. And I was like, you son of a... Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's the ideas out there. It's present in, you know, sci-fi and cyberpunk stuff. Yeah. yeah so what's your, uh, class, yeah. what's your class? What's your class? Yeah. So right now it's called the Art Punk. Um, it's kind of a mix up of like a hacker and a graffiti artist oh. uh, and kind of a street punk, street kid. So... 
um you know the arpunk scavenges stuff from out on the streets uh and has a whole kit of kind of junk uh and then they hack that junk into whatever kind of gear but they specialize in visual things so uh that could be you know holographic stuff or hacking screens or melting down you know billboards or um you know one of the items they carry they can put together is um this little splint they can stick onto something or stab into somebody and then it'll project an image around them so they don't like like who they are mm -hmm. so you could use that for yourself but then you could also use that against someone else mm -hmm. um they can craft a little drone you know what i mean to get to hard to reach places so uh, it's definitely been a, a fun class to kind of play around with well um this isn't your first rodeo uh so to speak into the kickstarter realm so you guys are spooky bell games has a current kickstarter that's being fulfilled um because I, at least I got the PDF, and that is uh, for Beyond Deep. Can you tell me a little bit about that and um, where we're at with that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so Beyond Deep was the first thing uh, we put out as Spooky Bill Games. That was Wes Askelis and myself, uh, Chris Coger. Shout out, Wes. Uh, you to them. Uh, so, yeah, we, um, we sent out PDFs uh first just a preview and then finals and we made a couple little edits so the digital information is out there uh the books are getting printed right now oh. uh so once they get printed and packed up they get back to our house um we're doing the fulfillment uh we have about 400 orders and both west and i have packed and shipped stuff before so we're going to okay. have a big, you know, packing party, you know, one day once everything comes in and nice. uh, get all that stuff out the door, man. So I, I'm excited, you know. Yeah, Beyond Deep is a Morkborg book. Uh, if people aren't familiar with it, uh, it's perfect bound, digest size, 100 pages. Uh, it started off as an adventure and ended up pretty much being an entire setting book mm -hmm. of a whole city and a mine and everyone that lives there and the buildings and the creatures and all kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. So I guess we were talking before I started recording. Um, I'm going to North Texas RPG Con. We were talking about cons and I thought that I might, since I have the PDF already, um, I probably can think about running something from there. And I was we were talking about distilling parts of it out for like a convention uh, time frame. Yeah. What, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything is in there. So, you know, there's enough meat there to play it across a few sessions, but there's mm -hmm. definitely an adventure there that you could sit down in two to four hours, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and kind of run through. When we play tested, you know, uh, every good plan, you know, only survives as long as there aren't any players. And, right. you know, once the players get involved, then you never know what's going to happen. So uh, we had people just burn through it and, you know, murder everyone. And we had people <laughs> take time and explore little nooks and crannies. And so, uh, yeah, it's definitely runnable as a convention game. Cool. Cool. That sounds good. And Josh, what are you, what have you worked on that you want to share? What are, what are you working on uh, other than this awesome cyborg project that we're, we've been talking about? I would say shout out to the zine quest project. I was working on uh, hunters of the occult. Uh, that's from Storywood games. I was working mm -hmm. on that alongside, well, they were doing beyond deep. And uh, I believe that is launching soon. I'm not as involved with that at this point in time, but uh, I know that they're in the final stages of it and that's kind oh, of that's great. So keep an eye for that. Mm -hmm. and then there's uh i'm trying to think uh, i think the other thing i did that we really liked was the um 
I really like the um, the holy artifacts of the sacred tragedies. That's the one mm-hmm. I think people like. If I could recommend one thing we did uh, outside of Hunters of the Occult, I would say it's the holy artifacts. I think those are fun. The art's all really cool. The adventures are all really cool. They're all standalone, but they could also be used together to tell a Barkboard campaign. So, oh nice, uh, I would check that out as well. That was that was supposed to be the Zine Quest project from this time last year. So, <laughs> oh wow, but, and that is that is already out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's on that's on Drive Through RPG. You can check it oh, out cool. there. And uh, shout out Scott if you hit him up on Discord or on Twitter. I'm sure he'll send you a copy. To me personally, or to my listeners. Uh to to two listeners. You know, he, he, oh, he nice. sells them. He sells them. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So well, you can go on Drive Through. I'll probably I'll probably put a link in the show notes for all these cool things that you guys are are listing. So I know you guys are very busy uh, creating a lot of stuff, but have you had time to play things outside of what you're creating? I mean, <laughs> do, do creatives actually play games or do they just sit back and laugh maniacally while they're typing out the horrible things they're going to do or they think they're, that the GMs are going to do to players? Yeah, getting games in is definitely hard, you know, just just as an adult in general, uh, it's always right. tough. Um, I, I'm kind of a, of a, a forever DM or forever GM, you know, so I'm usually running games all the time. Um, you know, I mentioned Wes uh, earlier. Uh, Wes usually always has stuff running, though, and if I have the time to squeeze in, uh, they will always make room for me to be a player, which I uh, appreciate. Um, and, and it's funny, I mean, I've, I've had like a game that I've been running for like four years, but the last six months, I think we've gotten together like four or five times. So, you oh, know, wow. yeah, <laughs> things just slow down a little bit. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> happens. Yeah. I know, especially like during the holidays, I have like an ongoing Deadlands game that we haven't met for a long time because of people's schedules. So it just happens. Yeah. Cool. I'm playing, I'm playing in a game from Wes as well. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're running monster of the week. We, oh, once nice. a month. Uh, and then outside of that, I, I try to do playtesting. I think playtesting is a ton of fun because there's like, you know, there's no stakes. So you can kind of get like a little weirder with things and see like, like you really try to push the boundaries and you create these really fun moments. So I had this one guy in, in my last playtest, um, shout out to my friend Aaron. He got this boom box that drives you insane and sends you into a cyber rage. And uh, it's a it's a mechanic of the game. And uh and uh, we just had a really fun moment where they put this boom box down and everyone started listening to it and started fighting and it was like really fun moments like that that came mm-hmm. out of that playtest so i i try to get as much playtesting as i can <laughs> oh is yeah. that is that boom box of rage in the product uh the the siren it's a siren it's a siren is a mechanic in the game no yeah yeah but that boom box that causes it did you just spoil and the product no yeah. that's that's from someone else's zine that's from, oh okay uh, i can't think of the name off the top of my head that sounds like darknet gr- filth it sounds like a great idea though to throw oh yeah that that's from darknet filth yeah darknet Very filth. Cool. pretty yeah, cool. pretty pretty cool zine oh well but uh but yeah no uh not no spoilers for for the spoilers for hard light <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean nice. playtesting is a great excuse to run games yeah you know at least every month or two if you're in a discord with me there's a couple that are like more personal then mm-hmm. you know you'll you'll hear me you know going hey who sometime in the next seven days i need four people at least come run this random game and this random adventure that i'm working on and uh, people are pretty good sports so that yeah. that's always fun so what that's a I have a great question. Think, speak, could you guys both mention playtest? So 
what percentage of the playtest material do you keep then? Like, what's the, like, are there, do you mostly like just throw as much crazy stuff out there as you can and then you maybe keep like less than half of it? Or do you, are, are these coming to a playtest where you have something pretty well developed and you just, and it, a lot of it is kept? And I guess that's what I'm asking. Like, what's the, it it varies a lot. It definitely varies, but yeah. <laughs> for can... for me, it varies a lot. I would say just from from like Cyborg to like 1886 is the game I talked about with that Western one. Yeah. Um, you know, like that. When I do a lot of playtesting with that, I'm not. I'm really doing a lot of fine tuning on it. So the first couple playtests, you cut. I cut a lot off, but after like three or four, I found that I was just really just... happy with where things were. I was just trying to perfect that gameplay loop. So for... just refine the the stuff at the end. Refining yeah. stuff in the later play tests, but then um, early play tests cut a lot off. Yeah. <laughs> For okay. zines, I'm, I noticed I noticed that when I was doing my zines because like I'm working on a couple right now, and um, you know when I do the play tests for them. You know, a lot of times I, you know, I'll be like, oh my goodness, I don't like any of this stuff that I thought would work. <laughs> so I'll cut <laughs> off a, a lot of that. Oh, man. And come, but, but, you know, it's for the better usually, you know, come back with newer ideas and you don't like get rid of old ideas. You know, a lot of times they'll, you know, be repurposed in another project or maybe you find mm -hmm. use for them in your current mm -hmm. one. But like the format may be, is usually what's wrong with it, I think. And, and so for me, it's like, I see, oh my goodness, I'm trying to do too much here and not doing it enough here. Uh, almost every first time I run a play test. So I cut a lot off, cut a lot off when I do a play test, usually the first couple times. And what's your format? Do you have like a notebook? Are you like a journal? Is that how you're keeping track of all this? Uh, I'll keep a legal pad. Like I'll, I have like a big okay. table. So I'll have a big legal pad in front of me. And it's just easier to write down key moments of like things I like, things I didn't like. Cause mm -hmm. you know, it, it's good to know what I, in the moment was thinking when this was happening because it's you know yeah i hate to admit it but sometimes you know i'm sure we've all been there when we're running something and it's like oh my god what was i thinking <laughs> but on paper it seems so cool <laughs> yeah and this the mechanic doesn't work or it the, a lot of times the players are like confused and kind of don't mm -hmm. know what to do next and you're like oh i thought it would go this way but you know they turn mm -hmm. left they turn left uh, at albuquerque or something <laughs> So how about you, Chris? What's your your process through playtesting? Yeah, I I I tend to iterate a lot and get something pretty close to a point where I feel good about it all the way around. Um, so I, I usually tend to playtest a little bit later than Josh, um, hmm. but it's, I mean it's the same thing. You you run stuff and you you write down notes. This worked great. This was terrible. This is cool, but it needs a little bit of work for clarification, or you know a one of the players did this. I never thought about that, you know, and it destroyed everything. Um, so, you know, all, all those things are, are fun to deal with. And uh, so, yeah, I just take a long thing. And then one of this, when I get a little later on after those first rounds, um, one of the things I'm looking at is if things are flowing smoothly is um, I try to look at what am I referencing? What do I need? Mm -hmm. kind of from a game master's point of view, you know, uh, as far as like arranging the book, you know, there's a couple of times where I'm beyond deep and I was like, oh, it'd be nicer if this was over here and this was over here, then I could oh, get to it yes. a little bit easier. Or if I buried these stats, you know, into this page, that way I didn't have to go back and reference them, uh, stuff like that. Well, I, I kind of appreciate that because definitely, definitely there's something to be said about kind of play testing the layout. 
like you just explained, yeah. right? So, because mm-hmm. there are times when you're like, what was that again? Where was that? And you got to flip through pages and, and find things. And uh, I would say some, some people, some companies and some designers are better at the layout stage than others, right? Where it's easier to find and at your fingertips, which is the ideal, as opposed to having to reference and then reference again, right? Different things. Yeah, absolutely. Laying something out, you know, writing something is such a different skill set than laying something out in a way that it's usable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even that is a different skill set than laying something out in a way that's usable and that still looks nice. Right. So um, I guess, I don't know if we should bring that up again. It seems like whenever you, we talk about art and layout, when we talk about Mark Borg and, and uh, adjacent products, um, so is there, a, is this art, are these, is this zine going to be art heavy? And do you like that? Or do you, would you rather be less art, easier to read? Or, or what do you, what's your take? What do you guys take on that? I kind of really like both, honestly. Like, I think the fact that they do a bare bones Morkborg and then just like a, like they do to- totally opposite ends. They do bare bones edition. It's the free, you know, just the text mm-hmm. and you can get the really artsy book. And I think that's awesome because like for there's accessibility reasons behind it, or maybe Ooh. you just don't want to, you know, go searching through the book. Maybe you want to hit control F to find something, you know, like I, I think there's a lot of, you know, like you give the the user the option, you know, and it's not too much harder i don't think i'm sure like it's hard to adapt something once it's already done but you know i've been writing like since i had that since i saw that happen right with the bare bones edition i was like i could do that you know if i make something i could create a pdf that doesn't have it because i love the art but you know for some people it is too much i've seen a lot of people i do see a lot of people say the layout is too hard you know too much for me to get into you know it's too um you know it's kind of confusing a little intimidating even and uh, the bare bones edition you know I, I tell them you know check out the bare bones edition you know see how you like it and a lot of those people are like oh so you know it was, it was good for me it started to click i was able to understand it a little bit better yeah absolutely you know it's it is it's it's finding the line right with cyborg and with Morkborg, you know you have that nor kind of stockholm cartel you know insane layout and, and wild visuals and art uh, yeah. which gives you like such a good vibe uh, but it makes it a little harder sometimes to parse or flip through to find what you're looking for um, so this one I mean it's it's gonna look like a cyborg book it's gonna have our own feel it's gonna have a little bit more of some of the psychedelic horror stuff and and layouts but um, I'm really playing with some layouts right now I send stuff to Josh every day you know like what do you think about this what's good what's bad you know is mm-hmm. this working um you know that way we can kind of find the style where you can get to the information uh but then you still flip to a page and you're like man that's cool as hell that's awesome yeah so it's gonna be a lot of uh pinks and yellows L- less on the yellows for us uh the pinks are there purples blues yep. reds nice. um you know black and white obviously we kind of put together like a style guide early oh, on with, with stuff that we like and color schemes oh, and you know, different things. Uh, so we have a giant folder with like a crap ton of images and, you know, different things mm. to reference off of, uh, which is pretty nice. And that was part of, you know, we talked about kind of the acid horror, psychedelic horror thing, you know, so that was, you know, pulling off of screen caps from Suspiria and, mm-hmm. you know, house 1977 and stuff and mm. pulling colors and, you know, kind of visual styles out of some of that. Cool. Well, that sounds really great. Some amazing info on design and, and from writing to layout and to playtesting. 
So I guess the last question I have for you guys, I don't know if you would have any questions for me, but the last question I have for you guys is what is the like appendix N for your product, right? The appendix N being like, what, like what is a film or media inspiration for, for the hard light dynamic? Like what would people... That's, I, I would have to list fact, a few. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. Yeah, so if people were like, oh, I want to get into the mood. I can I can say, you know, for sure, Koger has told me, Chris has told me, um, oh, uh, he's, you know, I, I love media. I, have, I love a lot of media. And Chris can attest to how many things I've sent him. I'm like, oh, have you seen this movie? Have you seen you know, that movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure, I really like Suspiria. I think that's a, you know, a great film. Rewatching it again and, and getting back into the vibe for this was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, um, oh, I just had one that did my tongue and it's gone now. Um, but another thing, I've been listening to a lot of Pink Floyd. Uh, you know, that's okay. fun to like listen to and, and do some writing a little bit. You know, I because I think part of the cyborg world is right, like there's alienation, and I think there's like a lot of that. Uh, I try to draw on some of that a little bit. Um, you know, in this writing, what I've been doing. So I, I thought those were two things uh, that kind of media touch points that I have. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. What those exactly what Josh said. Uh, I, I mentioned House, I think 1977, the Japanese one um, has some cool trippy stuff in it. Um, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of annihilation uh, mm. in there as well. Um and you know and but it also definitely draws on cyberpunk you know stuff um if people haven't watched the you know i know i know the brand and whatever has its you know faults but the cyberpunk edge runners yep. netflix anime uh is a great show super cool captures the vibe you know really well um i watched strange days the other day you know and a couple other movies and stuff too just to get my vibes together well great well unless you have anything you want to promote or promoting your Kickstarter that's coming out again. It's um, the hard light dynamic, a cyborg zine, and it's coming out. You said the the day one of the Kickstarter is February 21st. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you guys want to promote? Before we uh, sign I mean, off? beyond deep coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, and then hunters of the cool also coming out soon. Well, you're going to have beyond deep available for sale too, right? Chris, if the people missed the Kickstarter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got it physically in some local stores. Um, I'm talking to actually like this last week to a couple of online vendors to carry stuff physically as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll have prints on demand or PDFs on drive through RPG uh, okay. also. So you'll, you'll, you'll be able to get your hands on it, uh, you know, one way or another for sure. Cool. All right. Anything else, Josh? No, I think that's it for me. Thanks for having yeah. us on, Carl. Always a yeah. pleasure. Yeah, you're great, Carl. Yeah, thank you so you much. Creators, man. Yeah, we got to get together, play test some games. Play some Cyborg. Play some Cyborg, yeah. Let's play some Cyborg. Or any of the Morkborgs. It'd be great to do. Like, I, I'm already getting ideas to to run uh, some of these, like Beyond Deep and the like. Um, I don't know. I don't think a hard light dynamic will be out in time for a June Con, early June Con. If it is, that could be something to run, too. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make no promises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for sure, beyond deep, it sounds like you give me some good uh, pointers on how to how to run it, um, run some of it. At a yeah, con, if, so. if if you just get a, a super wild hair and you you have to run something cyberpunk come June, uh, let me know and I could, uh, I could slide <laughs> you a PDF under the table maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
Yeah. Well, I guess I'm committing to, I'm committing to everyone's uh, Kickstarters. I'm going to run something from them. Some of my buddies like you guys and, and Joe, Joe Salvador of uh, Raven God games. I'm going to run some Reaver at some con somewhere, but, uh, but yeah, um, it sounds really cool. I'm really looking forward to it and it's great to talk to you guys again. So thanks for coming on. Thanks Thanks, Carl. Appreciate it. Just an addendum. So today is Tuesday, February 21st. And as I'm releasing this, the Kickstarter has not started, but I believe it is starting later today. So again, I want to thank my guests, Chris Coger and Joshua Harper. Chris Coger being of Spooky Bell Games and Joshua Harper being a freelancer who are doing a collaboration for this hard light dynamic Kickstarter. Like I said, starting later today, February 21st. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Geomologist Presents. You can contact me, contact me at geomologist at gmail.com. You can, if you have a question for these guys or myself, you can leave me a voicemail message there or through the Anchor website or through my SpeakPipe account or record a message and drop me a line on on the Discord. I You can DM me through there or I'm on various Discords. So... Again, thanks for listening. The intro and outro music is by TJ Drennan. And today's art comes from the banner for the Kickstarter for Hardlight Dynamic. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks again.